0: Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Father, we thank you. We're bringing our precious seed to the kingdom of God the advancement of the kingdom. We just worship you and praise you for it. For Lord, we wouldn't have breath to breathe or talents to give or goods or services to exchange except you hadn't blessed the work of our hands. Lord, we take your blessing. Your blessing is what enriches us, makes us rich with no sorrow attached. We just worship you and praise you. We know that it may be even with tears today that we give. But when we do, you call it precious seed because it's the cost that's involved. As we do, you're not unrighteous to forget that work and labor of love which we have shown and do show. For the spreading of the gospel. Now Lord Jesus. We thank you. We're expecting. We will come again. With shouts of rejoicing. Bringing our harvest with us. Thank you sweet Jesus. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Lord Zona and I. You know that we can't. Prosper the work of their hands. But we have the promise of your word. And we stand on it with them in faith. In the name of Jesus. And everybody that believes it, say a hearty amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Glory to God. I got a couple of things that we're going to be changing. We're going to be uh, changing how we minister to our 180, our 180 for the ones that don't know is our teenagers. We will be breaking them down after the praise and worship on Sunday and let them uh, go into small groups. We want them in here to worship with us, and then we're going to dismiss them at this time, and they're going to go and uh, go into their small groups so we can get the Word of God line upon line for them. You follow? You follow? And that they can get to know each other it's important that teenagers have the right kinds of friendship so that's what we're going to be doing and uh we'll be having friday nights once a month uh, for them to have a time of fellowship okay but we're gonna doing doing uh small groups right now okay everybody everybody got that all right so i encourage you if you have any teenagers bring them with you on sunday morning Amen. They're going to have a great time, and they'll, they'll be blessed as well. So we're going to dismiss them at this time. Let's give the Lord a praise for teenagers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for teenagers. You know, Pastor Zona that saved and filled with the Holy Ghost when she was a teenager. I'm so glad because once we married, she needed all the Holy Ghost she could get. (laughs) Anyway, uh, God works with teenagers. I just want to throw that out there. You know, thank God he worked with a man named David when he was a teenager. He worked with another man named Joseph when he was a teenager two great men of faith in the Old Testament. Now we got some great, people of, great young people of faith and encourage them as much as possible. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your presence is here. Lord, we clear our minds and we open up our hearts. We thank you for the entrance of your word bringing light and understanding. As far as I'm concerned, give me clear thought and accurate words to convey understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to mention this, and then we'll, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, it makes this statement. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Understanding something opens, I, your understanding has an eye, in other words. It can see something, and it couldn't see. When you don't understand something, you can't see it. Are you following? Today, we're going to get some understanding. Amen? The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, with all thy getting, get understanding. God wants you to understand. One of the greatest lies that I've ever heard is, is for us to think that God doesn't want us to understand him. Well, you, just, you never know about God as if he's some kind of fruitcake. That's quite the contrary. In fact, Jesus said the way that God was going to build his church is through revelation knowledge or knowledge that is revealed to the understanding. So we, we got to get understanding and how to apply the word of God to our everyday life. Every day. Do we miss it? Sure. But the, we're seeking after understanding to apply it. And God's going to give us understanding today about a law. Now, for years I've been hearing teachings on the word grace and as if it's taught that grace is the opposite of law. And that is not the case. That's nowhere near the case. The opposite of law is lawlessness. Now, I I keep emphasizing that because we've been... It's been ingrained in us when we talk about grace, the grace of God, that we're automatically doing away with law. And that's not the case. In the new creation, Jesus came to make you a new creation. Listen carefully. Not just a person forgiven. He starts with forgiveness. And, and another date, we'll, we'll talk about Forgiveness. But he came to give you a new way to live. I can't emphasize that enough. And in this new way of living, you're not going to be perfected when you start. Are you listening? A baby, when it first learns how to walk, struggles to take two or three steps and then falls flat down and starts crying. Right? Now... How many of you can walk more than three steps without falling? Now. Okay. I didn't say, as an adult, you didn't still stumble. Okay? Everybody with that? But you're you're walking more perfectly. One of the greatest things that I ever heard from one of my Bible teachers is he made this statement. God counts perfection on the way to it. He counts it as if you are already flawless or mature. Are, are you listening? How many of you have, a, have had any children? You remember when they were babies and they, they fell down? Maybe they were, when you're teaching them how to, you took the training wheels off the bike and they wobbled around and then they rode maybe a half a block wobbling like this and then the bike fell over and they skimmed their knees. How many of you are going to go over there and chew them out, kick them in the, in the shin and say, you stupid fool? That's the perception. That is the perception of many people about God. And in reality, there are laws that govern riding a bike. I mean, you know, one of the laws is gravity. Okay. You've got to learn, you've got to maneuver. So here's what I'm saying to you about all of this. Is we have to learn these laws that govern so we can live the life. In the new creation, you're not just forgiven of sin... Your whole spirit, man, your spirit becomes alive to God. That's what it means to be born again. You become alive to God. You were a dead spirit like the devil is. You were cut off from the life of God. Jesus came to give you a new life. Listen very carefully, and we'll make a statement here you've got to grasp. Jesus did not come to take you to a place called heaven. Now, when you leave this body, you will go to that place. That's true. But what gets you into heaven is the life of Christ. He came to give you his way of living. Not only a new way... Then he came to give you his spirit to empower you to live it. Because you this, this way of life, this new way of living is so superior to fallen human nature, it does not understand it. It does not comprehend it. And it is in the spirit realm. And if your spirit is dead because you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Jesus came to forgive you of your sins so your spirit could be reborn. The whole idea was that Jesus later, after his resurrection, was going to pour out of his spirit, referred to in the Bible as the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, into your born-again spirit. That is the personality, the nature of the character and the force of the life of Christ being put on the inside of you. Now, you have to let that sink in for a moment. The Bible tells us that the very power that raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he quickens your mortal body. How? By the spirit that he sent to dwell in you. Now listen very, very, very carefully to this part. These are two separate experiences. When a person gets born again, their spirit becomes alive to God. Now a lot of people think that the spirit of God comes to live in them at that moment. No, your spirit is alive to God. Now you are conscious of God follow but the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out until the day of Pentecost on the day of Pentecost in fact Jesus when he ascended into heaven this is what he told the the disciples those that were knew that Jesus was the Christ he said you go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endowed from on high The, the reason why you wash the glass that's in your cupboard, the reason why you wash it is because you know you're going to fill it with substance. How many of you are going to drink out of a dirty glass? What happens when you take a dirty glass and you pour water in it? The water becomes contaminated. Yes? How many of you are going to drink some iced tea today after a flies flew in it? What are you going to tell the waiter or waitress if you went to eat? Uh, I need a new, I need a new, I need a new or a fresh glass. Are you following? Being born again, your spirit becomes the container and God wants your spirit to be born again so he can fill you with a substance. And that substance is the power, the character, the nature of Jesus, the anointed one. Everybody, everybody got that? I know I'm going slow and just talking to you. We've discovered this in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2, or is it chapter 1, I'm sorry? Chapter 1, verse 24. Before I begin this verse, we referred to Jesus as the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm cutting I'm giving you a lot of teaching right here in just a very short period of time Lord refers to listen carefully Ephesians puts like who is above all who is above all who is uh, above all okay refers to the position of the father are you listening Jesus refers to the position of the only begotten Son. Christ rever- re- refers to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So we refer to Jesus, God in flesh, Lord Jesus, Christ, the anointed one. Now, this gives us a big clue whenever you read in the scriptures. It's not written in there accidentally, where one place it's referred to is Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus the Christ, but Jesus of Nazareth. What is he referring to? He's referring to Jesus, the Son of Man, or the man's side of Jesus. Are you following? When he refers to the Lord Jesus Christ or Jesus Christ, he's talking now not of Jesus of Nazareth. What if there would have been more than one Jesus of Nazareth? How many of you, how many Jesuses do we have? Are you, are you following me? <clears throat> now, don't misunderstand anything that I'm saying. I'm not saying that Jesus is not God because he is. He's very God, but he's also very man. And he's not half God and half man like the fairy tale or the fallacy of Greek mythology of Hercules. Half God, half man. No. He's all God and all man. Jesus walked on this earth... Not as a, as God himself, but as a man without flaw in character, in nature, in morality, fulfilling all the high demands and quality of a person as if they had never sinned. And Jesus never sinned. He was in all points Like was we yet without sin. He was all tempted like we were. But he never sinned. Are you you understanding? Jesus not only came to save us from our sins. But he came to show us how to live from here on out. Everybody here? So when we refer to the word Christ. Understand that it's an interchangeable word in the Old Testament called the Messiah. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You find this in Matthew 16. Who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some of you think you're John the Baptist. Some of them think you're one of the other prophets. Then he turned to them and he said, now... Who do you think that I am? And Peter popped up and said, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the what? Christ. The Son of the living God. Now he's referred to as the Son of God, not the Son of Man. If you'll listen, most of the time when Jesus was talking to the uh, Pharisees or the Sadducees or to a great multitude, he would referred to himself as the Son of Man. He'd talk about the Son of Man a lot. Okay, because he's under the radar, he didn't want religious knotheads to know what he's talking about. Okay, so the word Christ means the Anointed One. So Jesus is no longer just Jesus of Nazareth; now he's Jesus the Anointed One. Okay, now watch this because you're going to refer now into the New Testament the New Testament you're going to refer to him now as nothing more than Christ most of the time everybody with that? but it not only refers to the man Jesus but it refers to the anointing of that man okay and what is the anointing? the anointing is God, how do you anoint anything? You take oil and you rub it in. You rub it in, okay? When you get born again, now God wants you to be rubbed in your spirit with the nature and character and power of Jesus. Everybody with that? That's the value of it, and and many people don't want to refer to that. By the way, Jesus said, once you receive power from on high, the the very person of Jesus, referred to as the Holy Spirit, would be with you forever. He's going to be inside you. Inside you. Not just around you. Inside you. Now, verse 24, watch this. But unto them which are called, everybody say called. I want you to get that. That means invited. You're invited by God, both Jews and Greeks. In other words, he puts no, listen carefully, no distinction between nationalities. Both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Say that with me Christ, Christ. is the power, of God, the power of, God. The of God and the wisdom of God. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 10. This gives us a clue, foretelling us what the anointing of the power of God will do. Okay, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon prophets and people of old to accomplish things that they couldn't do by themselves. And it came upon them for that task and lifted. But in the New Testament, that power comes in you, your born-again spirit. okay. Now, that doesn't mean we always yield to the Holy Spirit. But guess what we're doing? We're learning to walk more proficiently in that power. In the book of Isaiah chapter 10, and I'm not going to take time to read everything here. You need to read it for yourself. But the Assyrians had put the nation of Israel under bondage. And God says the day is coming. Verse 27, chapter 10. And it shall come to pass in that day. What day? When God's going to deliver them. That his burden, speaking of the Assyrian burden, shall be taken away from off their shoulder. One of the hardest things in the world to do is for me and you to try to live... A lifestyle in Jesus without the empowerment of Jesus to live it. Are you, are you listening? And people fall back. That's what Galatians is all about. When Paul was talking to the church at Galatia, he was, he was getting after him. He said, who cast a spell on you? you? You started off good. Now you're going back and reverting back to the law of works. Because they were trying to convince every Christian that they must be circumcised. I just want to show you this. Circumcision in the Old Testament was a sign of a covenant. And it it, it was applied to the reproductive organ. Anybody here? So why was that applied? Because we're not going to reproduce after ourselves, we're going to reproduce after the covenant. That God made with us. Now, Israel messed it up because they didn't have born again spirits. But God used it until Jesus came. You read the book of Galatians, that's what it's talking about. In the New Testament, we get circumcision, but it's a circumcision of the heart. That circumcision of heart is where we live out of in the New Testament. We live out of in here, out of the Spirit. It was designed to be lived after the Spirit because if you live after any other way, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is supposed to fill your spirit, so now you're reproducing not after your kind, but after the Jesus kind. Am I making sense to you? Okay. So what, what he's telling us, for telling us, is what the anointing does. He says right here, And it shall come to pass, in that day the burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. In other words, he's put a burden on you. The flesh puts a burden on you. And his yoke from off thy neck. A yoke means you're in bondage. You become a slave. And the yoke, watch this, shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke of this burden is going to be destroyed. And it doesn't just mean it's going to be broken off your neck. What it means is, destroyed means it has to do, it's totally going to be so destroyed mangled and corroded by the power of God that you won't be in bondage to it ever again. Okay? So the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament now is referring to destroying the yoke of trying to live After the flesh to please God. And anybody that lives after the flesh. Will not please God. Everybody everybody got that? Oh glory to God. Acts chapter 10. And we'll look at verse 28. This is probably the. This is most profound. It helps you to see something very important how god verse 28 uh, 38 i said 28 acts 10 38 how god anointed jesus of who nazareth the man with what the holy ghost and with what power now we know that Jesus was God, but he did three, 30 years that he didn't do anything as an anointed man. He did it as a righteous son of man. Okay? And Jesus became filled with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. Now this is where the this is where work good works comes in. it comes in after you're infilled with the Holy Spirit after the very nature and character of God comes in because you're not trying to produce it out of yourself you're producing it now because your spirit is in relationship with the Holy Spirit it's called being a joint heir now notice what he happened healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him God was with him Now, when did Jesus become filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, listen very carefully. When did he become anointed, I'll say it that way, with the Holy Spirit? The day that he was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan, he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. Now, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. Everybody with that? He descended. How does a a dove descend? It kind of hovers and lights. Okay? And when that Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, a voice from heaven, and everybody heard it, a voice from heaven came out and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Oh my goodness! The blood of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made is so f- flawless to such perfection that when you get born again and the and the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit, God is saying to you, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. See, Jesus didn't do things that only applied to him. Everything he did while he was here, he did to show us Wow. All right. So, after that point is when Jesus started performing what we referred to as miraculous works. Okay? Cast out devils, healed the sick. Made great provisions that was against all just a human being. Now, we know that he was God. Don't understand that. Uh, don't misunderstand that. I want everybody to understand. I believe Jesus is God, but he's God manifested in the flesh. He stripped himself of God power and came down here and subjected himself to the same kinds of pressures that we live, yet without sin. Okay? Everybody, everybody, still with me? Yeah, I will make sure you're. I don't want you to go out and say things I'm not saying. Now, let's go to the book of Romans, chapter eight. I could take a lot more time with this, but I'm not going to. Romans, chapter eight. Well, I'm going to read verse 16. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When does that happen? When you get born again. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. You have a load, a pressure that's taken off of you. A condemnation that's been broken over your life of confining you to the weak and beggarly elements of this world system. All right? All right? And so it bears witness when you realize that you're freed from all that. He's forgiven you of your sins and trespasses. But watch verse 17. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. The emphasis is on the anointed one and his anointing. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you become a member of the body of Christ. So you become anointed with Jesus which was referred to as the son that he was well pleased in. Jesus did a perfect work at Calvary. Making you in right standing with God as if, as if you had never sinned. Now, the purpose of that is so that he could fill you with the same anointing and rub his nature, his character, his ability upon your spirit man. Rub it in until now you are not trying to produce anything by yourself. Now this is exciting. It, 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 it's very exciting. How many of you have been frustrated with yourself? The rest of you lying. <laughs> We've all been frustrated with ourselves. Okay. And you know you know, well, God's not looking for you to be perfect after the flesh. That's why no man can be justified in the eyes of God after the flesh. What's he justifying you for? He's qualifying you so that you could have the nature of Jesus and the empowerment of that nature now to be able to live through you. But it's after the spirit life, Romans chapter uh, 8 says... After the spirit life that's in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. One of my, one of my dad's favorite verses is where we're going to go next. Go with me to the book of Colossians. Glory to Jesus. I, I, I hear him say it now. <laughs> I've heard him quote this so many times and it's, it's worth repeating Colossians 1.27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. In other words, against, among those that are not saved. Which is, which is, which is, which is Christ In you, the hope of glory. The only hope of us having the splendid life, or we'll say it another way, the heavenly life on this earth, surrounded by a worldly system that opposes God, the only hope, the only way we can expect this is through Christ in you. It can't happen any other way. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you want to overcome whatever it is you're facing, the only way you're going to overcome it is through Christ in you. His empowerment, his nature, his character coming in you in the form, listen carefully, in the form of his spirit called the Holy Spirit. God was, Jesus was anointed, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost. I promise you if Jesus... Was anointed with the Holy Ghost, you definitely are going to be needed to be anointed with the Holy Ghost. Wow. Now, I'm just referring to this. I'm not going to go there because I want to end up in Galatians chapter 6. So you can turn to Galatians chapter 6. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm going to refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul the apostle, who was a persecutor of the church, met Jesus on the road to Damascus. A great light shone around him. And he fell to the ground. The others around him did not see what he saw, but they heard, the Bible says. And he said, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Okay. We know that he gets saved, receives Jesus. His eyes were opened. He he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and so on and so forth. We get down to now where Paul is no longer Saul of Tarsus, but now he's Paul the Apostle and he's going out all to the Gentiles preaching the gospel of Christ you go check it out that's what he said the gospel of Christ he, he's writing to the church now at first Corinthians first letter to the Corinthian church and that was a very carnal church if you study it out they were carnal they were into all kinds of stuff Getting it all mixed up. And Paul says. When I came to you. I didn't come with enticing. This is chapter 2. I didn't come. Verse 4. I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. Preaching you the gospel. I came to you in demonstration. Listen carefully. Demonstration of the spirit. And of power okay God is telling the church I'm talking about the church as a whole that the world needs a demonstration of the spirit and the power a demonstration everybody say demonstration where it's revealed this is not a secret club well we keep the world out and only if only, you can only get in if you meet our criteria quite the contrary God says the criteria for you to enter into the kingdom of God is you must be born again the only criteria is you must be born again now how do you get born again By applying your confidence, your trust, and your faith in what Jesus did at the cross. God, listen carefully. God doesn't want you to come to Him already cleaned up because you'll never get there. He wants you to come to Him with your nasty hang ups. Are you listening? And when you get here, he'll do the cleaning up. How many of you ever went fishing? How many have you ever pulled out a fish already gutted and cleaned, ready to put in a frying pan? <laughs> but that's the way we do it. When it co- no, Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to make you fishers of men. That means when you catch them, they're going to have some guts involved. Are you, are you hearing me? And there may be a few guts left over with some of his believers. If you've never gutted a fish, you ought to do it once. God's wanting to gut us up of our dead spirit. Then we're worth something in the kingdom of God. That's why they're waiting on a demonstration. Everybody say demonstration. I'm going to read these last two verses. Then we're going to draw this to a close. We're going to do something today. In first, I mean, in Galatians, excuse me, Galatians chapter six, verses one and two, brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fault, now a fault doesn't mean necessarily it's a grievous moral sin. It means a shortcoming. You which are what? Spiritual. This determines spirituality. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now listen. Listen. Carefully. That doesn't mean that God wants you to go around carrying everybody's burdens. Okay? Because I can't make your choices for you, and you can't make your uh, uh, my choices for me. Are you following? However, when we understand, see, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you probably will feel something. I mean. <laughs> Every time I plug every time Zona plugs in the vacuum cleaner at the house, that vacuum cleaner feels something. It's called power. When you plug it in, it's gonna feel something. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you probably will feel something. But we think that that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the feeling. It's not. It's for the empowerment. Because that vacuum cleaner can't vacuum without that power. Are you you seeing what we're talking about now? So the Holy Spirit empowers us. to, According to Isaiah 27. I mean uh, Isaiah 10, 27. He empowers us to remove burdens... And destroy yokes. Listen, sometimes preachers preach, and I've been there before. We preach to relieve our preacher's itch. In other words, we're not preaching for the congregation, we're preaching because we got an itch to preach. Are you listening? When a person gets baptized with the Holy Spirit you'll feel a surge of power and now we think the anointing of that power is for our feeling and so we use it for our feeling and being careless about the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to remove burdens and destroy yokes. And can I help you to understand something? Sometimes people... Around you are making a demand off of your anointing and they could care less about how you feel it. Are you are you are you understanding me? <laughs> it's to remove burdens and destroy yokes. That's the purpose of the anointing. That's what Jesus did. He went about doing good, healing. All that were oppressed of the devil. You've been invited, called to be anointed with his spirit that raised him from the dead, and you have been called, anointed by him, and appointed to this generation. Okay? This generation needs burdens removed and yokes destroyed. And it's not the responsibility of just the person standing behind the podium. It's the responsibility of the whole body of Christ. So we've got to understand why God anointed us. There's enough devils to go around. Right? And God wants you and me to use the anointing that's upon our life to kick the devil out of this planet. Now, if you think that... You say, well, that ain't going to happen until Jesus returns. No, that'll be the culmination of the church coming into its finest hour. In fact, I got news for you. Jesus is going to set... On the throne in heaven until, until, until the church, the footstool, is made all of its enemies under its feet. You and I are the feet of Jesus. And so now we need to use the anointing not for ourselves. Yes, we apply it to our lives. Don't misunderstand it. But the anointing is not for us to be selfish. That's why he's telling the people in in Galatia. He says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith you have been made free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay? But don't use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Use your liberty now to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Are are you understanding? I'm going to give you a reference to this. You can look at it later. You go in the book of Revelations and the Bible says we, we, the body of Christ. We, the body of Christ. Everybody say the body of Christ so I want to make sure you understand why I am not talking about the world right now we the body of Christ will give account to God at the judgment seat of Christ Now listen carefully there's two types of judgments that is mentioned in the book of Revelation the great white throne judgment where everybody's going to appear and we're going to find out whether you are a believer or not. Okay? And if you are a non-believer and you've never made Jesus a Lord of your life, then he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And then there'll be those that will stand because they are in the body of Christ. They are a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. Why would it be called the judgment seat of Christ? It's the judgment seat of Christ. Because God's saying. What did you do with my anointing? What did you do with the gifts that I anointed you with? What did you do with them? Well now I just kind of kept it myself. I use it for my four, no more. Hello. No, we're to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Say remove burdens, destroy yokes. That's what it means to bear one another's burdens. Take the anointing and use it to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Get that devil off of somebody else's back. Now get it off of your back too. I I, I get that. We got to start there because you got to practice what you preach. But it's also to get it off of somebody else. And if we don't comprehend that, we'll think that church is all about coming and getting what I need and what I need, what I'm facing, what I need, what I need, what I'm facing. Well, that's important. But God is shifting the church now to understand its role in this and listen, if our nation is going to be turned around, it's going to be turned around by the anointing of Jesus the Christ flowing through the body of Christ to this generation. Okay? Okay? And that, that's in every form. That's in every form, every arena of your life. That's in your finances. That's in the financial arena. That's in, that's in the, the family arena. That's in, the, that's in of course, the, the medical field. That's also in the law enforcement field. I dare not want to be in law enforcement without the Holy Ghost. Okay? Hey? I definitely wouldn't want to be in in the medical field without the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I definitely would not want to be in entertainment without the Holy Ghost. Because that's a cesspool. Are you you understanding? Every arena of life, God wants you to use the anointing, the life, the, the nature, the character of Christ... To absolutely demonstrate to a world that has been plagued by the bondages of the lies of the devil. That's why when we go out into the world that God's given us, even on the job. Listen carefully. Listen. Listen. I want you to listen. Oh, Jesus, help us to get this. Your calling is not your job. If you look at your job as your... Now, can God use your job? Sure he can. Sure he can. Your calling is the anointing Christ in you. Are you following me? God could have you at a job that stinks. That you don't even like. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, find what you like to do and do it. I have not always got to do what I like. Tell that to Joseph. You mean he loved being in prison? God can use your present situation, the place that you're at right now, but if you'll yield to the Holy Ghost, he'll remove a burden, destroy, your yoke, uh, destroy the yoke, and as you learn to yield to the Holy Spirit, he'll make it pleasurable in unpleasurable circumstances. Zona, Zona's been playing a song And she plays it probably nearly every day while she's getting dressed in the bathroom. One song, Spirit Lead Me. If you say no, I say no. You say go, I say go. I'll jump on it. If you say be quiet, be still, I'll stay quiet, be still. It, and and I, every time I hear that song, I go, oh my goodness. I, that's what God wants when we when we get to that point then you're going to see the miraculous not only done but it'd be done through you wow thank you Jesus all right here's what we're going to do we got five ten minutes minutes if the holy spirit from some word that i said sparks something in you to where you want to be more conscious and if you're not filled with the holy spirit you just ask him to fill you if you are if you've been baptized in the holy spirit but now you want to be more conscious more conscious and everywhere you go, everything you do, of his power in you, his presence in you, his nature, his character. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat and come down here in the front. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just worship him. Just take a moment to worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you. Thank you for your presence. Oh, Lord, what a privilege to be filled with your presence. To be filled in our spirits with your power, your nature, your character. Lord, we worship you. Lord, if there's anyone here that's never been filled with the Holy Spirit, right now, fill them with your presence. Those of us that have experienced that, Father, help us to be conscious. Open up our consciousness to Christ in us, the hope of glory. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Glory to God. The only hope in our life, individually, the only hope for this generation is Christ in us. We submit to you. Change the way we think. Give us the mind of your spirit. Glory be to God. Change our feelings. Help us to quit chasing feelings and pursue your anointing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say this with me out loud. Just say it out loud. Jesus, Jesus. you're the great baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Fill me to overflowing with your Spirit. Possess my consciousness. Possess my thoughts. Possess my attitudes. Possess, Father God, all my actions. Help me to pursue Christ in me. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Now just worship him for a little bit. Just worship him. Oh, Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Glory to God. I thank you, Father, that yokes, burdens are being removed and yokes are being destroyed. Burdens are being removed and yokes are being destroyed. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Glory to God, things that we've struggled with, according to the flesh and tried to handle ourselves father I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that the burden and the yoke is being destroyed over that in the name of Jesus oh hallelujah we rely upon your ability your power your strength your might, your nature your character glory be to God glory be to God glory be to God hallelujah Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you, if you have the evidence of speaking in tongues, it would be a good idea right now just to speak in tongues. Just talk to him out of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You're not talking to somebody else. You're talking to God. I want you to focus on you and Him only. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to God. 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 Glory 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 to God. Now I want you to look at me just a moment, just one minute. There's a purpose in why I want you to speak in tongues. The Bible tells us, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men. He speaks to God. Spirit to spirit. In the book of Acts, you'll find anybody that was filled with the Holy Spirit spoke with other tongues. Now, don't misunderstand me. Other tongues is not the Holy Spirit. Okay. it's the language of spirit to spirit you've getting your carnal mind out of the way my mind gets in the way many times cuz i always got to think i got to figure everything out it's getting your mind out of the way to where you're talking spirit to spirit when you speak in other tongues the bible says you build up yourself on your most holy faith in other words it's taking you to a dimension of consciousness of consciousness that you're reliant dependent upon Christ in you you need him to fill him with you, you need him to fill you with his thoughts his attitudes We ain't even talked about attitudes. So many times we as Christians have some attitudes and we don't know how to get rid of them. I'll I'll just leave it right there. Speaking in an unknown tongue gets you past your consciousness, your attitude to where you're conscious and and you enter it by faith because you have to get your mind out of the way. All the other times that I pray in English... For you that are Spanish, you may speak Spanish, but it's, those are languages of the conscience, uh, uh, of the intellect. You had to be taught those. Okay. The language of the spirit speaking in another tongue is where you are now speaking out of here and not out of here. Everything God does, we we talk about it and most people have no idea what they're talking about. God deals with the heart. He doesn't deal with the head. He takes the heart to change the head. That's why we got to get it into our heart. Then we get our head renewed. Okay? Okay? How many of you have ever done something because you know that you know that you know, but you couldn't explain why you know that you know that you know? Because it was in your heart. It was in here. And you couldn't explain it. You couldn't be conscious with your thoughts. I mean, I mean, you, you couldn't under, you understand it. And a lot of times, this conflicts with this. So speaking in an unknown tongue is getting that out of the way So now, Lord, I'm dependent on your thoughts. Then you, the Bible tells us, then you pray for an interpretation of what you're saying. Then God will give you a direction on what to pray for if you need to pray in English or your native tongue. Okay? Do you understand what we're talking about now? It's not trying to get you to act foolish. It's trying to help you understand this way of living. okay, Father I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus. For every person here. Every person viewing my live stream. Lord I thank you for the outpouring of your spirit on this generation. I thank you Lord Jesus. Help us as a body of believers. To use the anointing you, you have given us of Jesus. To be a blessing to this world. Father, we thank you right now that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke right now. And we declare in the mighty name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us father phil is so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives that every person we come in contact with that your love just oozes out of us and touches them we give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in jesus name thank you for joining us today i'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry i pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com. Thank you for believing in our mission.